0: It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination, full of features that help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex. Weights, Morph, or other keywords, and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animal successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptile successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related.
1: Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio, where tonight we're going to reveal the winners of the 2016 Morelia Python Radio Calendar Contest. We've had some really strong contenders this year, and everyone stepped up to the plate and delivered some very top-notch photos. Uh, so for that, we are thankful. And you made mm-hmm. our uh, our uh, choosing of a winner very difficult um
2: horribly bad. difficult it was a terrible mistake to have the entire cetera category that was yeah, um, that was dumb
3: <laughs> so because
2: um, it was like we had the, like top four maybe five pictures that we thought were really good and then we narrowed them down to the winner when we got to the cetera category we had to pick like between 10 pictures because of what everybody submitted and it's like choosing between a black phase, white lip, a gold phase, white lip, a ring Python, a Maclots Python and all these various scrubs. It's like, damn it. <laughs> Not only tough. that there
1: was, uh, there was geckos, there was, uh, yeah. short tail, uh, yeah. uh man, yeah. just tons of, uh, cool stuff. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, <laughs> how it's going to, how it's going to break down is um, yep. we're gonna go down the list category uh by category and uh we're gonna post mm-hmm. the winners over on mirror Python radio Facebook page. Uh so yes. if you haven't liked that page then please go over and do so and you can follow along as we post up the winners and uh if you are a winner, uh sit tight and uh sometime this week I'll be contacting you to get all your info, your address uh, and all that so we can get the calendar off to you. As soon as it's finished uh it should take about uh maybe two weeks or so uh once Everything is uh, put together and uh, should get it just in time for the new year. Um, okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure we're going to have um, extras for sale. Uh, just Of uh, course. Yep. And uh, if you're not a winner, you can definitely reach out to us and we can get you one. I'm not sure what the price is going to be because I haven't seen what the $200. <laughs> That's if you want the Owen signed version of it. It's you know? gold plated, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, so, but basically, what,
2: what what we do is if you if you have an animal in the calendar, of course, we send you one for free because it's kind of like a thank you for submitting, as well as you get to you get to show it off. I mean, come on. Um, and then if you didn't win or if you didn't enter, you guys can still buy this, and it's a really cool kick ass calendar. We try to you know we try to make it as kick ass as possible every year, and, and it it comes through and. Of course, everybody's got digital stuff nowadays, and they're like, I don't really need a calendar. But, you know, I have the NPR calendar hanging in my snake room, and it has the dates of all the snake shows I have to go to. Plus, any observation I see with my snakes, like when it comes to breeding, I just write it down on the calendar because it's right there at that time. So it's all good with that. So, And, again, it's pretty freaking kick-ass. So if you want one after the show, definitely reach out to myself or Eric will put you on the list. They're not that expensive, um, yeah,
3: it's so like 20 uh, bucks,
2: 25 it's bucks. like twenty bucks. Yeah, it's like that. So Somewhere you know, let us know. We'll, yeah, we'll let us know. We'll get you hooked up. Send you out the calendar, um, and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. And because it's not breathing, we can send it outside of the United States. So if you are in Australia or the UK or some random desert and some horrible <laughs> spot in on, on, on the on the globe. We can send you a calendar, so yeah. definitely reach out to us for that too. Um, and yeah, it, it's, uh, it's uh, just one of the things we do as part of the show. So it's it's I love it. I like doing it every year. The only
1: well bitch of
2: it is that I can't submit pictures.
1: So <laughs> so yeah, I well can't the, enter. the the tradition, I guess so to so to speak, started from yeah. uh, back in the MP days um they used to have a calendar contest uh, over there on the forum and mm-hmm. um since it kind of dwindled uh down with uh people going over there uh we thought that it would be a good idea just to keep that tradition going so to speak and work it into the show so uh you know that's why we're doing it you know yeah. we don't really gain anything out of it <laughs> we don't <laughs> gain anything out we of it we but... gain
2: nothing
3: <laughs> no, but it
2: it's kind of, um, it's something cool to breathe new life into it. Plus, you know, who do you... How do you know you're not going to, you know, have one hanging up in your snake room and someone's going to walk over and be like, what the hell kind of an animal is that? I mean, I brought my cousin into my snake room the one month that it was uh, Morelia of the Year. Wow. And it was that chondro from Dave D. And he was like, what is this animal? It's gorgeous. I'm like, "It's a chondro. You are not prepared for that yet. But it's like that just that one picture is something that you its something you don't expect. So,
1: but yeah, right. it, it's a cool, it's a cool thing.
2: So, yeah, and then, and,
1: uh, and well, that's the other part of it too. I mean, if you mm-hmm. are, you know, we pick the 12 categories and then, yeah. um, we basically pick one from that category that we call Moralia of the year. And, yeah. um, we basically make up like this kind of like little trophy type of thing. And, um, uh-huh. which, Speaking of which, I don't know why I haven't sent David his, but it's here and i got to send it black. to him. But <laughs> black, that's why. You know? So, God. um And not that it means anything. It's not it's not worth anything. It, it, is a, for, it
2: is a worthless award. It means nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one else will
2: recognize it
1: outside it's fragile. of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You win. <laughs> it,
2: bring it to reptile shows. You can put it on top of the display of the animal that won, whatever, please God do that. I would love to see that picture. So uh, it's like, go ahead, do whatever the hell you want with it. You can use it as a coaster for all we care, but you get the trophy and it is a cool thing. Plus the other side of it is that you're brought on next year to help us vote and um, decide who's in the calendar for the for the following year.
1: Right. You get to vote. Uh so basically the it's a, the way the way the voting works, so everybody knows, is that we you know, we kinda look at all the pictures that were submitted, um we sort of take a uh do a semifinalist round so to speak,
0: mm-hmm. narrow
1: it down. Then they get put into a category. We pick um I guess basically it's five from each category. Um mm-hmm. and then each one of us vote. Um, if for some reason that we all pick <laughs> different ones,
3: different ones? Which just yeah.
1: happens, then we just get somebody else to, uh, to decide, which is usually we have uh, a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. We usually get one of the NPR crew to, to jump in and, and pick out of those three, which one they like the best. So, um, yeah. which we didn't have this time, which was, which was, pretty Oh my God. No, Weird. no, we all sort <laughs> of, uh, we're on the same page. Um, what so, is yeah, is David's going to gonna be I mean, calling in pretty soon. So, any second. Uh, yeah, yeah. And before we get going with that, we also are waiting for hmm. uh, KJ is going to call in and tell us about the uh, Southern Carpet Fest for for a few minutes and uh, how that went down. Um, but right. uh, what were you going to say? What was the year what? I mean, the year that
2: we had Julie vote with us, wasn't that the year like where we had like four or five that needed to go and be decided by third parties? Because nobody yeah, could figure, no one could agree on anything. So,
1: yeah, we had so many judges; it just made it so difficult. You know what I mean? Because when you had like yeah. five judges, it was like, okay, well, <laughs> you got five judges, and we all picked yeah, up the thing, yeah. Know? So we just stuck because with the three. We learn,
2: you know, we learn through our mistakes, kind of. Yeah. So
1: and uh, sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes you're what I. Picked one, and sometimes it didn't, you know. So it just yeah. is what it is, but uh, that's how it goes. And I think, uh, looking at the winners from this year, I think it's going to be a pretty cool calendar. So uh, I like it. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it in the flesh. But uh, <laughs> we lost uh, we lost somebody. Um, so yeah, and uh, after we're done that, <laughs> after we're done yeah. that, we're going to. Uh, I got KJ on the phone right now, so All right, I'm gonna good click them on. Don't but, go anywhere. Uh, after we're done that, we're going to, uh, you know, me and Owen, we uh, we were hanging out this weekend and uh, basically, uh, we were talking about some things with uh, with the show and, uh, you know, we got five more episodes for the year and then, mm-hmm. uh, we take our break and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not the break. Not the dreaded break. <laughs> yeah. So, um Starting next year, we're going for uh, some changes. A little bit of changes, I guess. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. But um, so, uh, stay tuned, and uh, you'll get to uh, to hear about those. But uh, without further ado, let's get uh, KJ on here and let's
4: talk about the Carpet Fest. Okay.
1: KJ, is that you?
4: Hey, man, can you hear me? Yes,
1: yes. I can. How's it going?
4: This is my snake room.
1: You're in your snake room,
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: that's that's a good good place to be, I guess. If you're calling us, yeah.
4: Can't wait to see who I lost to this year. <laughs>
2: well, well, oh man. Let's be honest. Anyway, um,
4: will have to. <laughs> we we
2: refuse to We refuse to uh, to tell you while you're on the phone with us. Let's put it that way, but um. <laughs> So, how was carpetfest? Let us know how it would go how did like did your house get burned down? Did someone steal an olive python? what happened what what, what so oh God, we lost him
3: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: He's still there I think you there I don't know yeah. Yeah,
3: you
4: there. Really? what
2: happened with, Yes, what happened with carpet fest your the, the suspense is killing me.
4: No, like it, it was great, it was a lot of fun, but only four people showed up. It was uh me, Dave Pearson, Shauna Kelly and uh Scott Rubin. But I mean Scott flew down uh I think it was Thursday and we hung out, don't we went herping and all that before the fest. And uh Saturday rolled around and just no one showed up.
2: <laughs> eh. It took it it for I think what our first year I think we only had like ten people or if that. So yep. you know, you got to build it's like next year shoot for five people. And then it's an improvement.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, I I was was totally expecting this for the first year. Plus the Morelia hub in, in uh, Florida really isn't that big. It's me and like three other people.
2: I I could send
1: Eric, but he only counts as a half a person.
4: So
3: I'm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me and uh, me and Bill Stiegel were supposed to fly down, but we both had to work. So we couldn't, we couldn't make it. So, uh, which kind of sucks, because my wife is down there in Florida, and she left on Saturday. So.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I thought you were supposed
4: to come down, but apparently not.
2: Yeah, Yeah. That the real-world problems get in the way of snake fun all the damn time. Yeah. So, that's a
4: shame. That needs to be fixed.
2: It, it does. We should all quit our jobs <laughs> and you know be poor. Anyway. <laughs>
1: well, that's cool. So what did you find? Did you find anything cool while you were herping? take that Philly boy out into the woods and show him, you know, how it really is down in Florida or what?
4: It's <laughs> that time.
1: Uh-oh, we lost him. Oh, no.
3: God must damn be under me. the street. <laughs> uh,
2: Now we must wait and the suspense again kills me. What they don't tell you is that they encountered a Sasquatch while they were herping.
1: <laughs> it's not a Sasquatch down there. It's called a... Oh, what is it? the hell is it called <laughs> <down> there? <laughs> oh. There you are.
2: You
4: got me.
1: Yeah, I got, got you. you.
4: Yeah, it's that time of year where just there's nothing out and what you are finding is mostly dead on the road. I mean, last week I was finding pygmies left and right. I found an Eastern Diamondback and some other stuff. But it's just that time of year, man. Everything goes away.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I did notice that a lot of your pictures seemed a lot to be uh, roadkill things. So, but uh, did you find anything
1: alive? I don't think his phone is alive.
3: <laughs> That's dead on the side of the road. <laughs> 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 Where are you? Are you going through
1: a tunnel or something, or what? <laughs>
2: he's, he's, he's holding up a the macaw python, trying to get
1: better reception.
3: So he's, he's wrestling um,
1: the. Uh, he's wrestling the. Uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah. Capitura. <laughs> yeah, the capitura
2: has got the phone.
3: Yeah. So. You guys hear me now? <laughs> yeah.
2: Now
1: we got you. <laughs> yes.
4: All right. Yeah, we found a-, a yellow rat. We found a yellow rat that go. scooted across the road before we were able to get our hands on it. Uh, well,
1: you saw
2: a second.
4: Yeah, we got a live green water snake, almost a live bandit, and that was... Oh, and we got a striped crayfish snake, and that was the only live animals we found, and a couple deer here and there, but that's it.
2: De- deer don't count. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. Mammals.
2: So it's... Um, but no, that sounds awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want to go herping, involved with Florida? I know Scott was looking forward to it, as, and he was also looking forward to checking out your collection. So, and I, and I know he's got the Liasis bug, and I'm pretty sure you just pushed him over that cliff.
4: So. Oh yeah, I, pu- <laughs> I, I pushed him over that, and I also got him wanting Timor pythons and some other stuff.
2: <laughs> yep, good job, good job. You've you've done what you were supposed to do. So good, accomplished- that was.
4: I've been bugging him to get uh, water pythons for the past year and a half.
2: Uh, and you see, the problem is is that you tell him to get water pythons, and then he sees my water pythons, and it, like, is counteractive. You're like, they're great, and then, like, mine flip out and shit and bite, and he's like, maybe not. So it's like <laughs> we, have, we have to keep him away from mine for, like, a month, and then he'll get them. So,
1: yeah. That's funny. We were – when I went to Owens this weekend, we were looking at his stuff – we're going through. I'm looking at the olives. I said, "Oh yeah, let me check out the." I think you you had you have a small water python too, right, Owen? I have a I have a boy that is about a year old, and I have a girl that's about a
5: half. Yeah. So oh. the
1: the boy, I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I said, let's check out the female. And the tub is covered with newspaper on the front, and I'm like, oh well, that's peculiar. And then you open up the tub, and it's like,
3: shaboom!
2: Slides out, <laughs> said, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm like that's why uh,
2: okay. we we don't open that tub. Yeah, it's no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh so all right, K J uh, everything else, uh, anything else you want to hit on?
4: No, I think that's it. I'm we're uh I'm talking to Dave right now, we're working on planning the one for next year, so once we get all the details hammered out on that I'll let everyone know. Perfect. All
1: right. Excellent.
2: It uh I, I deem this carpet fest a success and uh Next year's just going to be better. Like go keep keep moving forward until it's awesome. So
4: that's the plan, man.
2: Great. All right, perfect. I love it. All
4: right, it's great talking to you guys. I'm going to hang up so I can listen to the show now. Have
0: All fun right.
2: and uh, don't be too disappointed right. with our pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right,
3: thanks, KJ.
1: We'll see you talk to you soon.
3: Uh <laughs>
1: Can't remember, did uh, Yeah, I'm, hmm, I'm gonna have to look at the things real quick. All right. Uh, if, I if believe- KJ actually won one or not? I don't know either. <laughs> so um, let's,
3: do like,
1: um, yeah. let's get uh, let's get David on the line and get this going.
5: David, is that you? I think so. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: Well, at least we're we're brimming with
5: confidence. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: so. But Everybody's doesn't sound got any different. What's that? It, yeah,
5: it doesn't. it doesn't sound any different when you click someone on. It sounds just like I was listening, and I wasn't sure if I was in the queue. No, or not.
2: It, yeah. it it doesn't. We you have to pay extra for somebody to do things. So you know, we're yeah. not we're a cheap show. So <laughs> <laughs> low
5: budget. Yeah, low budget. We can't uh,
2: afford the tones. So, yeah. Um,
5: but yeah. So what's going on, so, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, started pairing up some chondros in the past few weeks. Got some locks. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. Yeah. The, uh, the snake that I actually won the competition with last year is kind of on the fritz. He had some, some kind of infection, so I actually sent him to the vet thinking he was going to die and I could have a necropsy done to make sure he didn't have something really bad wrong with him that would spread to my other snakes but he arrived yes. at the vet safe and sound so they said you want to try to treat him so I said yeah and they gave him some antibiotics and um, I guess b- before I sent him there he looked all kinked up yes. not, like a, not like a spinal kink like he was uh, traumatized or anything but like his his muscles were contracting funny and he was having trouble perching but they mm-hmm. gave him antibiotics, and um, he seems to be better now. He just doesn't want to eat, so hopefully he bounces back.
3: Hmm. Hopefully.
5: Uh, but of hope
2: luck so. with that stuff. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: It's yeah. kind of like a season for issues. If they happen, they're going to happen now. So
5: Yeah, I probably just turned a couple hundred people off of keeping chondros, but <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> I do that I have, every have, episode. Yeah, I have fifty of them and I don't have too many problems. I think when you have a bunch of any types of snakes you're gonna have issues, so
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, the value when, you of... a, when you have a yeah, a huge well not even a huge collection, but if you have more than ten snakes you're gonna see something. That's like it's yeah. crazy yeah. to think that, you know, if you had twelve people living in a house that no one got sick ever, it's just you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works. Yeah. So, so.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. Well, are you ready to get into this? You know, what did you think? Yeah, was let's it for the judge? Did you find it hard to pick uh, winners here?
5: Yeah, there were a lot of awesome pictures this year. It seemed like there was good participation. It was pretty
1: hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was. Okay. So, so but the way we'll good. do
5: this is <laughs> I'll just
1: announce the category you guys can comment on the winner if you'd like and then uh, Owen you're going to post it over on the Facebook page. So the yes, first I'll post it on the Facebook page and in the Messenger. So everybody'll get it. All right. Yeah. Way to be a good co-host. All right. yeah. So first one up <laughs> was the IJ category, which which we didn't have uh that many entries on the IJ. No love for the IJs except the die-hard IJ people. But uh, it was cool that one of the uh, people um, was a snake that is an offspring to a snake that I produced. So uh, it was pretty cool. But um, the winner to this one was our good friend Chris Salemi. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, his picture was the one with the uh, mom uh, on the clutch of eggs with the head popping out. Eternal incubation style. That's a double whammo in your world though. And uh Yeah, I, yeah, I mean it's an IJ and I
2: I I J having eternal incubation. I don't know what to do with this picture. Uh, that's why it won <laughs> in my opinion. I was stunned by it. So there you go. Um but I, I like this picture because it's 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 natural mom. I mean that's that's classic I J colors and you can see the one baby pipping out. I, I love that kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah. That's a
5: cool shot. What do you yeah, think, I don't know Jake? if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever have the balls to do maternal incubation, so it's fun to look at someone else <laughs> doing it.
3: <laughs>
5: and it's a good picture, too. I think uh, it's in focus. The mother's head's in focus, and the baby that's pipping out of the egg, thats that part of the picture's in focus. So it's it's a solid shot of a snake doing something cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that, okay. that, that's, that's kind of cool to be looking at that. So, and... uh yeah, like it, it's obviously a picture of it in a nest box or something along those lines, so it kind of looks more naturalistic too, which of course we dig. So, um, and it's just it's a cool shot all around. So, it's kind of something you hope to see in a cage at some point of your own.
1: So. Yeah, the 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 one that was hard for me in this category is because I kind of I kind of really dug the maternal incubation thing um but the exanic granite man that snake is not oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah come on man that, that was, thing see the problem, you know
2: I'm a sucker for exanic so you know having that animal in there already I'm done so but I still yeah. voted for this one because it was just that much cooler so
1: okay. all right um so there you go. Congratulations, uh, Chris. I don't have my clapping sound effects to give you a round of applause. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it!
3: What are uh, you doing
1: here? Yeah. All right. Next yeah. one. Next one was the uh, Darwin category. Um, yeah. This was another hard one for me. Um, there's a particular Darwin in here that was submitted. Um, that's like, I, I don't know, called a chocolate Darwin or whatever, but, uh, oh, that's,
3: that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like pretty that nice.
1: One. Um, there was a cool one, uh, from, um, with, uh, an albino on eggs. Um, uh, yeah, I like that one and, uh, two other cool ones, but the winner is, uh, Ryan Young, um, and his shot of the Darwin. I think, um, To me, that shows one of the coolest things about the Darwin is the way that its head pattern is. And, like, you see those scales and really good shot of, uh, you know, the colors and everything that uh, come through on that. So, uh, you know, it's an awesome, awesome shot.
2: It is. And it's just the the, the colors coming off that animal is gorgeous. And it's almost like people don't people put too much stock in the albino stuff compared to Darwin's because it's just the color of a normal Darwin is awesome. So
5: I do love that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a beautiful snake. It has really nice contrast. And one of the things that I look for in photography and when I take pictures is sharpness and lighting. And I think that picture has excellent sharpness and lighting. It's it's just a great-looking shot. Yeah. Yeah. It almost it almost looks real.
3: <laughs> you know. <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: it's I don't have I have one pure Darwin non-albino and I hope to God her colors look like this when she gets older, but I mean that's just a stellar looking animal and I can I I love the head coloration and pattern and that's just awesome to me. So,
1: yeah. Very cool. All right, next category up is Jungles. Um, this was uh, – I had three picks and actually, four picks in this one that I was going back and forth oh, yeah. with. Um, the – let's see. The winner is uh, Eugene Morelia. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's his real name, but <laughs> – I don't think so either. If it is, that is a <laughs> amazing
2: coincidence.
1: So <laughs> – uh but, uh Eugene's shot of the jungle that's on the uh i guess it's like on a leaf or something like that um is uh it's pretty cool um you know really nice uh yellow and black going on uh, don't see a whole lot of smudging on the animal, so to speak uh it's a really nice jungle so
2: it it and it's really cool I can dig it that it's on top of this giant ass leaf or something like that because that, that adds to the whole you, you you made it more natural, you took it outside, you threw it on top of a leaf and you took a picture. It took you all of about five minutes but just that thing made it look more naturalistic, made it look more wild and it also had the animal like pop out so I love that picture.
5: Yeah, I think this was the hardest category for me to pick a winner from. Yeah, There were several really good shots all the snakes are beautiful uh the uh, the other one that I really liked was Scott Iper's the uh black yeah. and white jungle
3: oh and yeah going
5: back and forth quite a bit that, between that, those two it's hard
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's not easy
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah that
1: was a tough one for sure um no doubt uh let's see um next one up is the coastal category um And, um, the winner of this one is, let's see if I got her name, uh, Taylor Winram. Um, Mm -hmm. basically what she has is a Carmel Coastal and it's sitting on top of mom's coils. Um, I just think that that shot is just an awesome shot. Um, I don't know. It's just like the contrast between what the mother looks like and what this, you know what the offspring looks like. I think is uh, was a cool shot. It looks like it was an outside shot, uh, and the tongue just sort of sticking out somewhat. So, very cool. Congrats there.
2: Definitely. Um, we all know I'm a sucker for caramel coastals. You, 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 I'm a sucker for Carmel and I'm a sucker for coastals. So those things combined, done. Um, and he's that's a gorgeous looking boy. Um, great contrast excellent color with the differentiation between his back color and his caramel color. Plus him sitting on his mom. It's like, you can see the variations of scale size. You know, that's a much bigger animal than him that he's resting on top of. And of course the tongue shot, just a little tiny fork tongue kind of coming out there is like, every time you start taking pictures of your snakes, if you can get them with the tongue sticking out, you're like, Oh, yay. Like, I don't care how many pictures you've taken of this animal or Anything else? The second the tongue is out, you're like it's like it's something special to you or something like that. Like he did a trick, so it's even just cooler that way. And obviously, again, it's an outdoor shot, so you got more natural light hitting him, and uh, he's it's just it it's cool. It's a cool contrast. So
0: yeah,
5: yeah, I really like the difference in the coloration between the mom and the, her offspring. And I'm not an mm-hmm. expert on carpet pythons. Is
0: the only <laughs> difference
5: that that's a caramel. And she's a regular coastal or is that a Jaguar too?
1: Uh it No, that's just he's a straight caramel. Just, that's
2: just a straight okay. caramel. Um and it depends on what his mom his mom's got a lot of black on him on her, so oh, I yeah. don't know but of course caramels can have black on her. I would have to see the rest of her to know I what think, she is.
1: <clears throat> I think she's just a regular coastal.
2: I think so too, but that means yeah. the dad was the caramel, so either way he's he can just rest it on mom. So a lot of a lot of mom and baby shots already. So <laughs> <Yeah>. two now.
3: <laughs>
5: Actually it uh, says mum. Mum. Mum mum, right? Mom. She must, she must be
2: in Some, England. Somewhere else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not here. I think she might be so. from Australia. Oh uh, okay. Even cooler. So uh this uh next category was tough for me. Um there was three shots that I really dig. Um and it's the diamond category. Um, mm. You know, that last one with that black diamond uh, on the yellow leaf, I thought was really, really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is. Australia. Um, but, <laughs> the win, uh, you know, in Scott's picture, his, his wild diamond uh, is wild, too. The one, you know.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's it, crazy. It's... But...
1: The winner is Greg Heim, his reduced pattern diamond. It's probably one of my all-time favorite snakes ever. <laughs> um yeah, that yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean if you ever see those things in person, which you know, I do every time I go to Eric's, um you want one. It's <laughs> like that that's it. I mean, you want a reduced pattern diamond. I mean, they're just gorgeous. And sitting on that log, I mean, I know we had that really dark, black, wild-looking one, but that's just a cool animal, so.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Is that recessive?
1: That uh, they you still don't, don't know, know yet. Um,
3: <laughs> you have two of
1: them? Some people think they it's, open uh, up yet. <laughs> Yeah, some people think it's polymorphic. Um, it's hats popped out of, uh like like similar to tigers you know the more you you put it with a more reduced you keep reducing the pattern so to speak um Mm -hmm. because he bred this one here i believe was bred from a reduced pattern diamond to a diamond that threw the original well not the original but his original um yeah uh, what do you call it reduced pattern diamond so and this is an extreme version i've seen some that uh you know, some people are calling reduced pattern, and they look—they look cool. But this is an extreme, extreme. They dimension.
2: don't look this cool. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I know he's raising them up. Uh, that that animal pictured, I believe, is a female, correct? Yeah. So he's raising them up, and he will eventually breed a reduced pattern to a reduced pattern, which God only knows what that thing is going to look like. So, um, but it would be cool to start seeing more and more of these because I. I can totally dig the busy pattern down the spine and the, uh, around the tail, but just the bald, you know, patternless sides is awesome. I love that animal so much. God, will you just breed yours already so I can take like three?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that was a tough one for me because, you know, you Mm -hmm. look at the classic diamond, the black and white that, uh, Eugene had, uh, I think that's an incredible shot. I I just love the contrast between it, but, uh, you know, I don't know. There you go. Reduced pattern diamonds. They're all very different. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's what's so cool yeah. about diamonds. I I, I just really uh, dig them. Did did this animal win
2: previously when it was like a hatchling? I don't remember if that was Greg or not. No, it's the sire. No, it's a but different day. one. The sire ah, day. okay.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> the dead. Okay. All right.
1: So uh, another. Uh, next category is inland carpets. Um,
2: mm-hmm. another hard one.
1: Yeah, this is kind of tough. Um, you know, inlands are definitely, uh, probably in my opinion, the most difficult carpet Python to photograph and to, uh, you know, to really capture their colors. Um, it's, it's just hard to, to get that blue to come out and, um, couple really cool shots but the winner um
2: oh i did it too early quick name the winner
1: oh. <laughs> stewart uh stewart robson uh from over i believe he's in the uk right oh, oh yeah you just
2: just sent him a t-shirt shirt, right? yeah he is <laughs>
1: yeah. yes he um, is <laughs> yes yeah, uh a cool shot. It, it's it's really the head headshot, um, and you can see those red scales coming in down on the side there. Um yeah, I just think the uh,
2: black background makes it pop. Yeah, oh, it's pretty. shot. <laughs> what do you think, Owen? I The black background makes it pop. It's you're looking at an animal that if it, it's it borderline almost exotic in coloration, but this is how it naturally looks. I mean, they're. They're gorgeous, and they keep this color until they get older, and they're next on my list. I swear to God, I will get them this year. So, um, But that's just a gorgeous-looking animal. And like I said, having the black that kind of bleeds into the black on the animal makes it stand out just that much more. So it's a very cool shot, and it is just the head, but having that little coil of the body kind of just adds to it, and it makes it just that much cooler. So I, I dig it and that's what I want in an inland, so um, take my money. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Somebody take his money. How about you, Dave? You a fan of the... uh... Go ahead.
5: Am I a fan of the inland? Yeah. Yeah, actually, after I got my rough-scale pythons getting back into snakes, I was really close to getting a pair of inlands, but I... I decided to get a second pair of rough scales, but I was moments away from pulling the trigger. Ah, well, if, my warmer, scales, we'll get you... yeah. if my room scales, was warmer, we'll I'd probably get them. Or colder. If my room was colder, I'd get Yeah,
2: we'll I mean, you, 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 you were, you were <laughs> yeah. going to go get like a cheeseburger, and then you went and got filet mignon. I mean, I really cannot, you know, fault you for this. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well,
5: they were, these were really rare at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there were only a couple pairs produced at that time, or clutches. But I really like this shot. It's really sharp. It's well lit. It's one of the sharpest shots of the whole bunch. I like the background, how the the animal's body fades into the background. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. shot.
1: Yeah, very cool. Good job, Stuart. Um, okay, next up. Ellen's laughing at something. I don't know what. <laughs> no, because Jim is walking through. Get
3: the hell out of here! <laughs> it's like, hey, How come you get me out of here? God damn
1: it! it. <laughs> oh, the hell? Just, the show just went downhill fast. <laughs>
2: yes, that's a problem. I keep I keep broadcasting from the bar, and he keeps wandering around to get beer.
1: So it's
2: uh, that's a problem. Mute me if you have God damn it! So <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? All right. Anyway.
1: Recycling, the next, Thank you. The next category is brettles. Um, uh, I'm saying that wrong again. I forgot how Scott uh, told us to uh, say it. Do you remember, Brent, Owen? Brent. Hi. Uh, no.
2: Brent, oh, damn it. We've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Our Philly accent. <laughs> it's over. Um, I do know, you know we have to say Brisbane, not Brisbane. Brisbane. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to smack us. Yeah. So
1: so again, right. um there was a there was a couple cool shots in this one, particularly two uh that I went back and forth with. However, uh the one that really I thought was an awesome shot just in the idea of having it, um, uh, is uh Scott Eper's shot of the uh, hatchlings hatching out of the egg. Uh I just thought that, that was really cool to think that <laughs> there you go. Uh <laughs> to think that uh those gray and black babies will turn into beautiful red and brick red and cream and uh you know uh and just the heads coming out it just reminds me of Jurassic Park uh, I just think that's a yeah. that's an awesome shot so congratulations Scott it's uh
2: it's one of those things that like I I've, I've seen baby bread like hatch and it's like you're exactly the same. These are, like, just basic babies. These are, you have no idea what these things are going to turn out to, and I love that. And I also love the picture. Anytime I see babies coming all out of the egg, it's amazing to me. So, it's, I love the picture, because you got four babies in the shot, all hatching out, and, you know, it's, (laughs) who doesn't love seeing pictures of babies hatch? So, I absolutely love the shot.
5: Yeah, hatching picks are great. It makes you feel good. hmm Not not knowing much about Brettle's pythons, I probably wouldn't have guessed that that's what those were because they're so they're so gray and black. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. look exactly.
2: They do, and then like after a few sheds, they're like brick red and cream color. So it's uh, it is kind of a wild twist to them but they're they're such cool as little babies i'm hoping to god i get more this year so
1: <laughs> very cool now I, we got scott over there in the chat room so we're going to throw this question out real quick um are these ones that he hatched or is this ones that oh they're hypos they're hypos, <laughs> hypos.
3: <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> are these uh, are these ones that he hatched, or well, I guess he did hatch them then. Yeah, I was going to say, did he find them in the wild, or was this a wild shot? <laughs>
2: these
1: yeah, are wild typos. he found. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a new line. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. Okay. Uh, next category is now, now earlier, me and Owen were talking about how difficult this was because we sort of took some older categories away that we did in the past and we sort of combined some, um, and, um, you know, Boland's just seemed to be the one to stay because it's, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it as the pinnacle of Python keeping, uh, you know, the majestic serpent, uh, you know, whatever else that they have called them. Um, Mm -hmm. they're you know, some people keep them. A lot of people that keep them, once they start keeping them, they become, you know, the snake that they want to work with the most. Uh, there was a lot of cool bowling shots. Um, you know, to me that, that this is another hard category, but, I don't think that there was
3: anything cooler than than
1: seeing a wild caught, or I shouldn't say wild caught, a wild uh bull and eye, uh, you know, yeah. photograph from from our good friend Uri. Um, I just think that's an awesome shot. So uh, he is the winner. Um, yes, I, I guess he deserves the win since he had to climb the mountains mount. in Papua New Guinea <laughs> in order to, uh, you know. Find this beautiful snake, so congratulations to Ari.
2: It's it's a cool-looking snake anyway, and the fact that we know that that thing is somewhere sitting on a mountain, like just being a Bolin's is, like, currently, right now, that's awesome. I mean, and it's, and like you said, Ari had to go climb a mountain, so it's like, it's that much cooler that this thing is yeah, that that's a good enough shot to be thrown in any reptile book in my opinion, or National Geographic or something like that, so the fact that it's on it's been submitted as a calendar competition is like even cooler, so it definitely wins, and they're gorgeous animals, I'll never keep them, but they're gorgeous animals yeah
5: it it's a beautiful shot, like you guys said, and makes you think about all the shit he had to go through to to get that shot. Probably a twenty-hour plane ride, and then four Mm -hmm. or five days of hiking. Maybe it took Mm -hmm. them a couple weeks to actually find one. Yeah.
1: And look how beat up she looks.
5: Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't
1: look doesn't look
2: happy. Doesn't look friendly. Doesn't look in
1: well. So. Well, it just goes to show you that, uh, at least for me, when I see wild snakes like this. And I guess, like, I'm looking at how thin she kind of is on the side that, you know, how much we overfeed our snakes, uh, you know, in captivity. Uh, But, uh, cool shot, nonetheless. So, ah, now it's your category, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) The Chondro category. Now, there is one snake in here that i particularly thought was just the coolest looking uh coolest looking one but um you know there was uh there was a lot of cool chondro shots um and it looks like the winner was sean beck um i would say what would you say this is dave um uh might phase melanistic blue is that what's going on here or
5: Something or other. Things. Yeah, I'd I'd call it melanistic. I don't love the term mite phase. Oh yeah, I, that's right. No I one forgot no one likes that <laughs> term. I why, forgot. Why do
2: we call it that? It's, it's
5: a horrible thing. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I might I think maybe Jason Stevens produced this snake. I'm not hundred oh. percent sure on that, but yeah, I really like the shot. Yeah. So look at that. The way it's eye. positioned in the frame. Yeah. And sharp. That that is
2: that is cool. And it's the uh, the, the contrast between the yellow around his jaw and his overall color and the black. It's just a cool snake. Those are that, that, that animal right there is one of the ones that you have. Um, and in your collection that when people come over, their eyes are immediately drawn to it. It's like the uh, melanistic ones that were at Tinley park that you and I saw. And it was like, you're walking down the aisle and you're like, Ooh, and immediately you see them from like across the aisle and you like fly over to them because they're just that cool. So, It's one of those animals that draws you in. So,
5: yeah. I really like Chad's Kofiows, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Those bright yellow things. Dear God. There aren't very many of those left, so it looks like he has at least three of them.
2: Well, Chad has probably had luck breeding animals that I could only ever dream of, like, touching. So, it's (laughs) like, I, I imagine he will have success, so... I'm kind of glad that, so.
1: From what I understand, they're, partic- I, you know, when we had uh, Chuck Vogel on the show, he was talking about how difficult they are to uh, to get them going, you know, um, because I guess they're, they're, you know, I find that when animals are not bred in captivity, you know, for generations and generations, you know, you'll you see that with bread lie too, you know. Uh, I think the albino is mm. the same way like darwins are are could be tough but uh, i i remember him talking about how, how difficult they were to uh, get going but man they're beautiful snakes
5: yeah i've heard that same thing from a few people i've heard that because they're so mellow it's really hard to get them going
2: i hate that yeah
5: and i have yeah. a 50% kofiel from chuck that was bred to a blue line male from rico and he said okay. that clutch was way easier for him to get started than pure Kofia's.
2: Oh, just that well, little insurgence of something else. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Hmm.
5: Beautiful
1: snake. Okay. Here's your guys' other category. Um, I <laughs> thought there was a, <laughs> this is, uh, this will be being next year. Next year is my. Oh yeah. yeah. Year. yeah. <laughs> sure. sure, sure. Um,
5: yeah, it will be. Uh, no doubt. Okay. Um,
2: well, you're going to have to buy little... from Dave because mine's
5: not old enough. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to breed any.
1: <clears throat> well, maybe not then. Because <laughs> <All right. laughs>
5: I'm, well, I'm you hoping know. to get a few clutches of chondros and I'm going to hold them back. And I don't uh, want to overwhelm myself. And these things were a pain in the ass to get feeding.
2: That's smart. See, I would have been stupid and kept breeding them. So good, good <laughs> job. You're better than me. Oh. So <laughs> I've been
1: overwhelmed. So a lot of cool shots of rough scales heads um you know which is one of the cool things about them that big scale that they got in the middle of their head their eyes are always really uh really cool um but the winner is uh Jamie Carnes from Razor Sharp Reptiles. Uh, so I'm glad. Uh, I I'm sure that he's going to be glad that he picked up a pair of rough scales this year, so he could enter the contest. Since he's no longer a mm-hmm. gecko guy, he's now a yeah,
2: snake guy. He, officially, he's out of the gecko guys, so he can he can come sit at the cool kid table. So yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure his hobbit will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, you got-
5: you got that one from me. Yes. Yeah. I didn't I didn't pick it, that picture.
3: No, no. I'm quick you know, but
2: it's, it's funny because um it, it kind of happened all in rapid succession. I I had I got my girl from Dave and then I get then I just kept getting phone calls from Bill from Jamie and they're all like, you know, Dave a cool guy. I'm like, yeah. They're like, "Do you have rough skills?" Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I bought a pair. I bought a trio. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's like, it, it happened so quick, but I'm so happy that more and more people are getting into the species, especially guys like Jamie and Bill, because they just go full bore. And they're of course, they're gorgeous animals. And what I love about the picture is you have the full rough scale in the picture. You have is the big blockhead that they got and the colors and the cream colors that come in around the base and it, it's just an awesome animal. And the gray blue eye, it's, I mean, I'm going to go stare at mine for 20 minutes now to kind of detox. So it's there. I love them.
5: It's a great shot. You can see the killed scales on the bottom right of the picture. And mm-hmm. like you said, the, the eye is kind of in the center. It's kind yep. of the focal points where your eye is drawn.
1: Yeah. Yep. I must mention though, uh, Stuart, Stewart's picture because that's a phenomenal picture um
3: have to throw it
1: out there the he's got the the head shot down pretty much focused on the eye it's just that's incredible shot but uh congratulations to Jamie um Mm -hmm. okay let's see Morphs, which was crazy about this category, is we didn't get a whole lot of contributions for morphs. It's just uh, kind of nuts. But um,
2: I think people were submitting pictures and expecting us to put them in the categories that they fit in. Like I'm going to throw up my xanthic granite, and he'll be in IJs and in morphs. That didn't work like that. <laughs> you got to tell us <laughs> what you're submitting. You got to tell us what you're entering. So i uh, it. But we still got some really good ones in Morphs and I did really like the one who ended up winning. So
1: Uh oh man. I don't know if I can pronounce this name. You gonna help you me must out here? Try. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> um, if, if if you must try and if you fail, we'll all hear it. So Oh man.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not <touching> it. <laughs> wow.
1: i was, uh, Stabe, I guess. <laughs> um, Whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this he has a caramel zebra. Um, what I will say about this caramel zebra, cause I have quite a few, is that, uh, this has a really, really reduced pattern on this guy, guy or girl. I don't know if it's female or male. What does it say? No. Okay. So, uh, just really stood out to me. Um, typically what I've seen in some caramel zebras, especially from the first or you know, cause mine came from the first ones that came into the U S they were kind of, you know, as they age, they don't necessarily aren't the best, you know, examples of the morph or what it can be, uh, similar to what you saw in zebras when they first came over. Uh, but the, uh, more that they were bred with, you know, uh, really nice, uh, bloodlines, uh, that changed very quickly. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing here. Um, just really, really reduced. It's almost white, you know. Like the yellow yeah. is kind it's of, kind of, kind of missing. So, <clears throat> congrats, uh, Carmel zebra. That's the winner. So,
2: mm-hmm. what do you think of it's, it's a very cool animal, and you know how I feel about um, mutts, but um, it's it's a very cool looking animal, and it does clean up very nice. Like you said, it's almost like whitish. And the pose that it has on the tree branch, you got the head, you got the coils, you even got a little bit of the solid white underbelly over there. And it's just a cool looking animal, it's a cool looking pose, and uh they're they're pretty cool looking animals, the caramel zebras. That does not mean I want one,
5: but it's a cool looking animal, that is all I will say. So Yeah, it's a beautiful snake. There's great contrast, and it seems like a lot of carpet pythons have Angry-looking bunny rabbits on their heads.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: see?
5: You know now right? the problem That's is the we're going
2: to look at every carpet python and see an angry bunny rabbit. Thank you, David.
5: So, <laughs> but it's a beautiful it's snake, good. and I, I really like the way it's positioned on the branch, and I like the contrast of the branch, too. The dark and the light goes well with the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. does. Cool. There are some other good shots in this category, too. I like the, uh, the archiness of Michelle's shot with the... Snake wrapped around the lady's foot.
2: The boot, yeah. yeah.
5: Was
2: cool. was another nice. one
5: that caught my eye is Eugene Morelli's shot, just beca- because of the white background. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to take a shot of a snake with a white background, but every time I try, it turns out gray because I'm not getting enough light on the background. Yeah, Uh, uh I do, and they turn out kind of yellowish, like ivory yeah. colored. Yeah, black is much easier
1: huh. Yeah, that uh and it's an albino, which to me is the mm-hmm. coolest albino in the Python world. So but uh that's a nice example of a uh just a straight albino uh carpet python. So uh very cool. Yeah. Um all right, that brings us to the last category, the Morelia, etc. This was the, the most uh submissions <laughs> there is just a ton of of cool shots and snakes and uh, geckos and all kinds of stuff that were, were put into this um, and uh, it was tough for me because I, I, I sort of went between slowly two came to my top um, since we didn't have Morelia in Bracotta category which is blasphemy as far as I'm concerned, Owen <laughs>
2: You know we're not going to have this conversation on air. We will keep, we will have these fights where we always have them off air. So,
3: um,
1: uh, but so I was torn between picking, (laughs) uh, you know, um, two of my, my must have Moralia. Well, maybe one's not Moralia anymore. So with that said, I threw in as many liasses as possible to throw Owen's world upside down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just
3: I, Every single version <laughs> oh, Of liasses
2: that I could find well, Um threw me out there It was Chad Gray's ring python Which is gorgeous got, uh, On the background that it was on Then you had Scott's gold face white lip Which you know that the gold face White lips are you know close to my heart And then you had every single freaking Form of Liases you could think of The only thing that was missing was Cebu, So it's like God damn it. (laughs) It's like, so, but I I am very glad with what we chose because it is something that is so much cooler for what it is than just by the picture. The picture is really cool, but then what it is makes it even cooler. So,
1: yeah. So, the winner uh, of this category is um, from Wooter. He's Morelia. Well, I guess it's not Morelli anymore, right? Uh, the Owen Pelly python um, that he uh, shot, and I guess it's sort of popping out of a rock crevice, and its head sort of looks like it's camouflaged to a rock crevice. Uh, just, just, I mean, that snake is probably one of the most difficult to find in Australia, I think, from what a lot of people. You don't see a lot of people posting up pictures of Owen pelley's that they're finding in the wild um so mm-hmm. I think that has to uh to weigh into the decision of making that the uh the winner um uh, but uh, tons of cool shots in this category um lots so what do you think owen
2: it it's just a cool looking snake it's just it, I mean, we we've seen small pictures of uh, Owen Pelly. We've seen the babies. We've seen a few other things, and but this thing is just that much cooler. It's got a big python head on it that makes it just even better because I love that stuff. But the color scheme on the thing and just the look it's giving you, it's like. If this were my animal and, you know, I had to go in for a cleaning, I'd really reconsider whether or not I wanted to go in that cage at that moment because, I mean, that just looks like, no. <laughs> so, but it just, that it, it makes it so much cooler. So, um, I want Owen Pelly pythons now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a problem. So.
5: Yeah, I overlooked this one at first because, like you said, there are, I think fourteen or fifteen different pictures in this category. So I was just scrolling through, scrolling mm-hmm. through. I miss. I, I think I overlooked that one because the snake's head looks like a rock, and it's sitting on yeah. a rock. But after <laughs> I, after I slowed down, looked at him again, I thought, Whoa, what the hell is that? It's it's a crazy looking. The green and purple iridescence, and its mm-hmm. eyes look like they're made of rock. Oh yeah, it's a it's a sharp shot too. Oh,
2: yeah, eyes, eyes I love." Uh, and one day. I
5: think,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, maybe sooner than you think, Owen. <laughs> um, they get what do relatively you know? they get relatively big. Uh, these guys, um, you know, but um, they're slender. They're not, you know, you're you're not going to have like a retic size body, but they they get they get some good size on them. But uh, I can
2: handle it. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I think a, Man I think another white. shot, another shot that I particularly liked was Scott's shot of the olive python. Man, yes. that's a cool shot. <laughs>
2: uh, I I really liked Scott, the other Scott's white lip, because you got the white lip, you got its head, you got the black head moving down to the black body, but then you had that coil that also showed off the gold sides that come up on a gold face white lip. So you got the full. Shot of a white lip python on a white background. It looked intense, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's
2: just my white lip stuff. So, yeah.
1: Any other shots stand out to you, Dave?
5: Uh, yeah, there were a lot. You could almost make a full calendar just with the really photo category. No kidding. I like the. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a Boyga, like a a brown tree snake type thing um, that Eugene oh, yeah, Marelli cool submitted. Shot. That's a really good shot with its tongue sticking out.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And there were some uh, scrub picks that I really liked too.
1: Yeah, Scott had oh, the yeah. one where it was kind of just staring you down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that, know, that, the, uh,
2: that's a, that's a malukin that just – something about Malukans. those red eyes that they have on their uh, like nice gold scale out there. I love Malucans. I need more Malucans. Yeah, stop me. This is this is what happens every freaking calendar. I look through everybody else's stuff, and then I want to a <laughs> bison.
1: That's the whole purpose. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so what we do now is uh, what we did today is we put the uh, all the winners together, and then we picked sort of the best of the best that would, uh, you know, uh, entail the Morelia of the year, and the winner to that. Category uh, is uh, the Owen Pelly's python, uh, just yes. simply because of what it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is. Uh, I guess, I guess now that it's moved out of Morelia, you know, but we still consider it, you know, part of the Morelia group. Um, but uh, that's one of those ones. It, it makes me think, you know, years ago uh being on MP and thinking about how unobtainable a rough scale python was I mean these are these, mm-hmm. these you have a better chance of seeing bigfoot um but uh for <laughs> some <it>. reason <laughs> some reason uh these uh they were they were produced in captivity and uh you know they made their way around wherever they made their way from and uh now they're here and now people mm-hmm. are working with them, and uh, you know they're becoming more and more popular, and more people are are appreciating them because they are basically a brown chondro. Um, and what makes <laughs> chondro so cool is the fact that they're green, but these are brown. Um, but uh, but they're have bumpy. The, they have the keeled scales and all that stuff. Yeah. So it what I'm saying is that it it gives me hope that one day that we will at least see an Owen Pelley python, mm. you know. Um let alone keep, you know. I, I hold I hold I hold fast that one day I'll have uh imbricata and Owen Pelleys. Uh but uh until then we'll have to live through uh through the through the pictures of uh that people are taking. so What do you think, Owen? Well,
2: well it's one of those things where it's like um it's it's like, in exactly what you said, it was rough scales were myth. And what's even funnier is that you want to go to, it's like at one point zebras were unobtainable unless you wanted to spend 30 grand. So it's like eventually these animals, as long as they're somewhere in a collection someplace, they'll get to us eventually. It may take a long time, but you know what? I'm not going anywhere. So it's uh, eventually I will get there. What kills me is that you, you, you told me about that one, or I forget one of our guests who was like, "Oh, I read this book where they had Owen Pelly Pythons in New Jersey and it died and they buried them." And it was like, "Oh, oh, oh that my was soul. Uh,
1: that's the uh, uh, what was it? The Stolen World? Yeah, yeah, you know, where you're
2: like, yeah." They brought in Pythons. they were nervous because they're going to get caught, so they left them in a car and they died. So they buried the guy had a,
1: yeah, the guy had them oh. in his trunk, his trunk in New oh. Jersey, and it was freezing out, so uh, they left them in yeah. overnight and they died. Uh, oh, that's that hurts. That hurts my heart.
3: <laughs> it's like,
2: oh uh, Jesus! But it, it's it's like it, it gives me hope that eventually something will get here legally, and that we can have it and all that stuff. So it'd be good.
1: Shit, man! I don't even care if it comes in in the zoo. If it's in a zoo,
5: you know? Know, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. But you know,
1: nah, what are you gonna do? How about you, Dave?
5: What do you think? I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's really cool that not that long ago these things were discovered. And they're really unique. Like you said, they're really, I did some Googling after um, I saw this picture and I was looking at other pictures of them, full body shots. They're surprisingly thin. Yeah. 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 I it's, it's like a big, long spaghetti. <laughs> five pounds or something. Yeah. Very uh, scrub
1: esque, you know, very very along the lines of what you'd see in a in a scrub python. But uh,
5: their head oh, kind of reminds think... me of a rough scale python. Yeah, the shape of it, the the yeah, labial the... scales.
1: Yeah, and this you know, mouth
2: this... that kind of comes out.
1: And the cool thing about them is is that they actually uh, change colors during the night and during the day. I mean, I know that like carpet Python sort of go through this thing where um especially IJs do this a lot. If you go in and you look at their tub at night, they kinda have like this lavender hue about them or something and uh it's really neat but um if you look like if you look in the uh the one Australian Python book, um they have some pictures that show you the difference uh, between between the two. Um, you know and and that's pretty neat that they that they do that. Um so cool stuff. Cool stuff, for sure. So there you go, there's the winners. Uh congratulations to everybody. And uh thanks everybody for submitting your picks. And uh I guess um I think it will be an awesome calendar, you know? What do you guys think? I think so.
2: I think it's going to be kick ass. So I, I can't wait to get mine. So
5: <laughs> cool. Yeah, there are a lot of awesome shots. It's it's gonna be kick ass calendar. Nice. Very
1: cool. So
5: uh I don't know. Uh
1: I guess at this point, um I don't know Dave if you want to keep hanging out with us or you know, if you have anything you want to hit on or put out there, you know, feel free. Um it's up to you. Um
5: Uh I don't know. What are you guys going to talk about? We're going to talk about stuff. Talk about snakes? (laughs) Talk about pythons? Yeah. Have you guys started (laughs) pairing anything
2: up, or do you wait? I chucked all my animals together, and I had a male maclots python try to kill the female maclots python, so they're (laughs) no longer together. (laughs) And I knew it was going to happen, too. I put them together, and they're both staring at each other, and I'm like, don't do it, and then I thought she bit him because he is smaller. No, 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 no. He bit her on the top of the head and had her wrapped. I'm like, now you're just being, you know, eyes are too big for your stomach. So after a dunk in the water bucket, they released each other and I put them, separated them. So we'll try again in about a month or so to put them together. But the carpets and everything else, uh, the scrubs, the Red Mountain Boas, um, they're all together. So, um, and I have seen, um, (laughs) I have seen almost what I thought was combat, so I don't know (laughs) about that one yet. So,
3: may have an issue over there. Oh,
5: wow. um, Did you reprobe, did you reprobe that female? I I reprobed her, came up girl. So,
2: I don't know. It's one of those where it's like, it could be an in-betweener, so, and I hate that. So, and the male is a proven male, so,
5: yeah. Yep. Huh. Damn. Maybe Maybe uh, look look at her sheds. Do they shed sperm plugs? Like
2: Not yet. Sh- oh, they do. But she hasn't shed yet. She's kind of going into one, so I will definitely pay close attention to it. Um, this is her first year, so uh, she could have just been, like, trying to get the hell away from this male. And they have calmed down. They have not decided to – there was no other – fighting and they are kind of curled up together. So I will give them probably another week and then, uh, we'll see how it rolls. But if, uh, cause I'll separate and then reintroduce. And if they go back to combating, that's when we'll check again. So, um, and it, it as we get closer to this, the actual season, season, the combat will kick up a little bit more. So he'll give me a definitive answer.
1: So, yeah, I don't put anything together until probably about the end of November. Uh, I'm glad. I, what I noticed here, this is uh, probably a little bit different for you, Owen, because you're probably, uh, since you're farther out west, it's a little colder quicker. but. hmm here, uh, I noticed that what happens is it gets cold, and then it warms back up. It gets cold, and it warms back up, and then it gets cold, and then it warms back up, and then it just gets freezing cold. And it's usually around the end of November. So I started waiting until then because I try to use the you know, the outside temperature to sort of get my room down because what I do is basically turn all the heat off at night. Um, so far, my room has been down to 74 um, and I shoot for hitting 70. So as soon as I hit 70, and everybody's all cleaned out, uh, then I, I'll put them together. And usually, all the uh, winter breeders is when I see uh, I see locks usually right away
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that, at those temps. But
2: well, I haven't been dropping temps that far. I think I'm only down to about. Uh, 79 or something like that at nighttime so i will be dropping further but it is getting everybody used to everybody plus i stopped feeding before you did so
3: yeah do
1: you guys know
5: anyone who's go ahead do do you know anyone who breeds carpet pythons who's tried to do it in the summer i've heard you guys say that that green tree pythons can breed year round i was thinking maybe people have success with that just because they try, and maybe no one with carpet pythons has tried to breed them during the summer.
2: Uh, I Uh, spoke to one breeder in Florida, uh, Jen. She had carpet pythons breed in the summer, and then she had eggs, and the eggs hatched on, like, Christmas Day. That's where she ended up having the eggs. But she's down in Florida, and from what what she told me, she kind of just went with, the temperatures that were outside and kind of just toss them together and there you go i
1: think she had one clutch that hatched in october the other one hatched in december my thoughts when it comes to that probably the one species or i should say subspecies of carpet pythons that would probably do that would be ij's um i think that i uh, I don't know. My thought with chondros and 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 ijs is the fact that where they're from, the temperature sort of is pretty steady, and basically uh, what separates breeding seasons is rainy season and a and a more rainy season, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with with carpet pythons, especially with things like. And this is just from my experience. I I I I could this could be total bullshit, but um when mm-hmm. I didn't cool my carpet pythons down to get them down to I took them to 75 and I had a horrible breeding year. I took them to 70, they bred. I tried 75 again, I had no success. So I think that uh that cold really does um trigger something with them um I also think that I don't know cycle feeding for me is a huge part of uh you know getting my my carpets to go and so I I don't know I mean I've thought about trying it outside of the uh the time I've seen people have locks um I don't know is it wrong to think that I mean people have produced chondros year-round right
5: yeah, I think it happens occasionally. I don't know. I don't know how many people try and what percentage of those people have success. I had a pair last year that I put together in December, uh-huh. and they bred throughout the summer. They probably, I probably saw them breeding 25 times, but they're still together and nothing's happened. So, hmm. um, yeah, I think I think there's a time of year where you're much more likely to have success. Yeah, uh, that would yeah it would probably make sense. So, hmm.
1: well, it just seems weird cool. that if you if you watch if you watch carpet pythons and you work with all the different subspecies, what I found is is that they sort of go in order. Um, you know, IJs <laughs> are always first. They don't need that much of a temp drop to breed. I mean, literally, you know, uh, you you drop it down a few degrees and they're ready to go. Um, I, I see. I haven't bred them yet, but I would. Uh, from what I hear, Darwin's kind of fall into that same category. Uh, don't need as much of a drop. Jungles and coastals, they sort of need a drop. Uh, and again, with diamonds, I mean, you know, diamonds, inlands, and breadlie, um, they seem to need that big, <laughs> that big temp drop. You know. Yeah, um, they do. Mine are already in the side room.
2: And um, I'm holding them true at like 80 at nighttime, but that that room gets really cold, so I wouldn't doubt it if they're getting lower. So we'll
1: see. Yeah, cool stuff for sure.
2: Definitely, I love reading season.
1: Followed (laughs) closely by egg season. (laughs) I know we uh, we probably asked this on the show before, Dave, but when you did rough scales, did you? Did you have to do that a drop down or is that did they fall into the cookie cutter python breeding situation
5: Uh yeah they had temperature they have heat panels on one end of their cages and I if i remember right i had the heat on 24/7 and then during the winter i turned the panels off at night my room didn't get very cold but they're in a basement up against a cement wall, so just by virtue of being next to that wall, they probably got pretty cold. I don't know how cold they got, though. This this year, breeding my chondros, have been opening my window up at night, and mm. um, that seems to be getting them going more, because last year I just let the room stay where it was, and I had four pairs together, and I only saw two of the pairs breed, and one of those pairs I only saw breed once. So I, I seem to be having a better start so far this year. Cooling them down a little bit more,
1: right? Maybe condros do need to be cooled. You know? I don't know. I
5: don't know. Well, well, I, I I did the cycle feeding thing too. I think that makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, feeding I with females
5: be... a little bit more. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's huge with. Uh, I, I think that's huge with Morelia in general. I think. I don't know. Um, I think age is a factor. And I don't think – I think our our perceptions of weight and size is not as important as we think. I think age is more of a factor. And, uh, you know, that – I think that feeding cycle thing tells them, okay, food is around. It's good to go. I got enough to uh, reserve, you know, to produce these eggs. Let's do it, <laughs> you know. So. Mm-hmm.
5: How many how many pairs are you guys going to put together, and how many in an ideal world, how many would you want to produce? You oh. probably don't want them all to produce.
2: Uh, that would be horrible.
5: Um, uh,
2: 27 pairings this year. Holy shit. Of everything, and that's, that's the Carp Pythons. <laughs>
1: Hold on, 27?
2: Yes. Uh, that, that's everything. That's the Carp Pythons, that's the Macklots, That's the olives. That's the scrubs. That's the Amazon tree boas. That's the the hell else? They're making red mountain boas, and then my two pairs of corn snakes. So it's twenty-seven breeding pairs this year. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and in an ideal world, not that much. I don't not want that many babies. <laughs> um, we want to see Owen lose his freaking mind. Um, Twenty animals will have babies, and I'll 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 be panicking. Um, if I can get close to, if I can get over a hundred babies, I'll have a, I'll, I'll be good. So, because then that means I can take my time with raising them up, and you know, uh, I'll still have enough babies to sell at shows and all of this stuff. And that's really all I really care about is that if I can go to shows and have babies to put on the tables and take my time with raising the animals up as well as selling them. This way, things aren't immediately leaving once they're hatched. Uh, I'll be a happy. So close to if I can get close to hundred babies of varying animals, I'm good.
5: So Well, what, what I, percentage would that be? With twenty seven pairs, you probably only need five. Well, well, yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it depends on
2: and it also depends on which females go. Because yeah. I have carpet pythons that'll drop thirty two eggs um consistently. So if one of them if two of them shake loose, I'm already at like Sixty something eggs, so um, I would like for I would take a hit on who goes. Like I would like maybe if one of my big girls doesn't go, I would still like for some. I like variety, so I would take more females going but less eggs, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, you, you can offer more to the public, and also I can get a more animals that I can show. I mean. If I had to sacrifice three carpet python pairs to get the maclots and the olives to go, I'd do it immediately because I want them to breed over half the other crap I have. So, it's, uh, and if the Dominican Red Mountain Boas don't go, I'm not going to cry. So, I hate those things.
1: <laughs> not looking forward to the geckos or what? <laughs> no, God, no, not again. So, You know, here's a question real quick. Why hasn't somebody stepped up to the plate and produced geckos or some kind of lizard in captive breeding situation as feeders? I know, like, people don't want to feed geckos and stuff, but, I mean, if you could get, like, I don't know, what would it be, like, day geckos or something that's just super simple, uh, super easy, they just produce, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, I just don't understand why people haven't, I guess they just want everything to eat mice and rats you know it
2: it it was something
1: that i actually approached
2: jamie about back when he was with geckos i said if i send you like 12 house geckos can you set them up and just breed them for me because they'll just breed like crazy um the problem is that they only have like one or two eggs and then they have a couple months and they have one or two eggs so it's not really consistent but i was talking to him about it and he was going to do it but then he kind of was like no i'm done with geckos so it's like crap um but People kind of have done it. I know some people who are breeding gnolls for actual pets, but then also have, you know, your not pet quality gnolls that they sell for feeders and things like that. But most of the geckos that are brought in, I think the big stigma about it is that most of the geckos that are brought in for feeders are wild caught. And now you've basically just turned your entire litter of Dominican boas into wild caught baby boas because they're eating wild caught geckos. So, it's uh, it's a little difficult.
5: Yeah, but I don't no, think I, ge- they, I don't think they produce enough young. No, no, they don't. Two Not two eggs at viable. a time, and I think four or eight clutches. They'd be expensive.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah and
1: I guess that's true. You'd have to have an
2: entire room full of like those mini exoterras, and you'd have to have like breeding frios in each one, and even then, the amount of babies you'd get is Nowhere near what you need. So.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I'm not a gecko expert by any stretch of mean. I just thought, man, you know, we have such problems with antaresia and some carpets, chondros, Dominican Red Mountain boas. I bet you they'd snatch up a gecko like, <laughs> you know, like real quick. You're no, got They no do.
2: I offered them all pinkies and they were all like, what the hell is this shit? I put a gecko in there. Several of them were so evil that they ripped the tail off the gecko, ate it, and then let the gecko live in their cage for like you know a week, and then ate the gecko so it's like they oh, wow. they they see these things and it's like automatic this equals food, so I had no problems everybody like I had four baby boas that ate the pinkies right off the bat, and they never saw the geckos. but after I introduced the geckos, everybody ate and it was like it was just like that it was a like clockwork after. About six or seven feedings of geckos just taking a dead gecko and thawing it with the rodents then everybody started eating those so once you get them rolling there, there's really no stopping them but it's that getting them rolling is where it's kind of annoying because a baby a knoll is like a buck a piece so you buy like a hundred geckos and there's a hundred bucks right there
5: so right. maybe frogs would work frogs maybe issue a load of eggs yeah. Oh,
4: there you go. Yeah, that's that's a, another idea. I don't
1: know. It just seems like it would be. I, I don't know. Maybe it would be easier to get these uh, different species going. You know, because isn't it true that condors would eat that in the wild anyway, and then switch over to mm-hmm. rodent-based diet when they grow? I mean, that's what carpets do.
5: You know. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, I they're think. not eating pinky mice. No, <laughs> going up to a yeah. to a. I think they might eat dead. insects too. I've heard that.
1: Yeah, there's I a paper someone... where it says that they ate. They were. They found them eating a moth. I can't remember uh, what paper that what was. the hell. Yeah,
3: they're eating
2: moths <laughs> Did he just
3: it?
1: I mean,
2: that's awesome, but it's like, it, 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 and and also with the whole thing of them eating being gecko feeders, it's you, you're gonna st- you're gonna maybe as the captive populations are more established you'll start getting away from that like the four or five babies that i had that took pinkies right off the bat they were obviously going to be the biggest red boas that i've ever produced they're going to be the biggest red boas they're going to be the first ones to breed and then who knows maybe their babies will take be more prone to taking the pinkies off of the bat than any other baby so eventually you will weed it out but it's just a little bit of a bitch getting there
1: yeah i don't know i guess that's the thing people don't want to start them on that because then they're forever going to be locked into that and it's much easier to sell a snake if it's eaten frozen thawed rodents you know yeah it is. it is go buy a <laughs> some kind of reptile to feed but i don't know
2: i think i sold like four when they were on geckos and the second everybody got onto rodents they were gone yeah so
1: yep I, I have 10 pairs going this year. Um, usually I shoot for about 10, and I hope for about – if I get half or three-quarters of that, I'm happy. Um, but
3: that's usually – you keep the them all, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I keep <laughs> them for quite a one
2: for a year, I none keep, of them Yep, leave. Yeah.
1: yeah, I like to hold on to them for a year to see how they color up because I'm learning, you know. I'm still learning on, like, what – what I'm looking at, you know, and I don't want to sell one that, you know, then I regret it later because it would, you know, and I, and the other thing is I want to be able to look at it, you know, like I look up to, uh, to certain guys in the, in the carpet world, you know, and they can just look at a, at a, at a baby and say, you know, this is what's going to look like as an adult. You know, or this is what they think it's going to look like. And usually, nine times out of ten, they're right. I mean, obviously, sometimes you got those ones that are, you know, totally outside of the, of the way of you think it's going to progress. But, you know, for the most part, I, I don't think that you can learn that any other way other than holding back and watching them grow. You know, so mm-hmm.
5: that's kind well, of... And if how. you want to be selling snakes for a while into the future, you have to have... Good stuff compared to other people, and if you're selling all your best stuff, then you're kinda of gonna fall behind
3: mhm
5: yeah exactly that's true I, that's
1: why I don't really shoot for like a whole, and you know a lot of the stuff that I'm working on now really isn't isn't i mean it's not the best visually i mean what I mean by that is it's more of you know like when you got double heads and stuff like that, you know it's like okay, well. This is a cool-looking snake, but I'm not going to be able to explain to somebody that's just getting into carpets why this carpet is this much and this carpet is this much. And, you know, I don't have anything to show them what it will look like visually, you know, like an exanic granite or something like that. Um, so, I don't know. I'm in no rush. I, I, I only breed what I could keep anyway, so it's not like... Um, I think that a lot of people sometimes they just breed, 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 breed. breed, And then if they can't sell it, they go into like, you know, panic mode. And that's how prices drop like crazy. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I suck at selling snakes. I don't know. (laughs) It's probably the worst part of the whole deal. I don't know. (laughs) Well,
2: yeah. And I just shoot for, I shoot for big numbers because I know I'm not going to get all, 27 pairs, but I did have a terrible year last year. So mm-hmm. I am cautious because what I've been told is that you move, you have a crappy year. And then usually the year after, like every like all your girls and boys are like playing catch up. And that's when everybody has like the year that blows them out of the freaking water. So if I get anywhere close to the 27 pairings, I'm trying, I'm going to freak out. So uh, I will be one of those guys who loses his mind. So,
5: yep. Yeah, uh, you overcompensated. You're gonna have 400 snakes. Then I won't know what to do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> then oh, it's
2: gonna man. be bad. So, yeah.
5: Then you'll need a blackhead. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll be bringing I'll be bringing tubs over to Eric's and be like, "You're blackhead hungry," and he'll be like, "No, he's full. Get out of here."
1: So yeah. you know. Yeah. The blackhead. Uh. But, yeah, so I you know I don't know it should be uh should be a cool season, should hatch out some cool stuff, some you know it's like each year my um you know my projects get closer and closer to you know, I think back when you're thinking like four years ago, and I'm buying all these snakes and like the waiting game, and I don't know, you kinda like forget about it, I guess like it's not in my mind that whole time that breeding, 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 and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this one's ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess uh, you know, then then you have to, do I breed this one? Do I not breed this one? You know, I don't know. So
2: It's like all of a sudden that baby that you bought that you're like just been raising up and raising up and all of a sudden, Holy crap, you can go this year. Holy yeah. crap. It's like, you know, it's like uh, you came over and you were looking at that one girl that I was on the fence about, the uh, super caramel, and you're like, yes, and I'm like, oh, well, all right. Get okay. So it's kind of cool that
3: and way. And
5: Eric, if, if you get clutches, your plan is to have them maternally incubated? If the mm-hmm. snake has a decent wrap, is that right?
1: Um, yeah, last year I didn't do any maternal incubation, um, but, uh, the years prior to that, I've done it every year. Um, yeah, this year I'm going to do maternal incubation again. I was going to do it last year, but what happened is my, um, my melanistic IJ thing, uh, poison ivy, she started to get, uh, she left the eggs she went doing, uh, she developed a respiratory issue. And luckily, I caught it quick. As soon as she left the eggs, I knew something wasn't right. And um, you know, I, they all hatched, no problems. Which sometimes they say once they're maternally incubated, them to switch them over to artificial is an issue. But I didn't have any problems. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's such a cool thing to witness. I can't wait to do it with a Chondro. I know I'm gonna freak all the Chondro people out. They're gonna be like,
3: "What are you doing?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um I don't know that, that that's going to be that's going to be a real cool sight for sure. Um I'd like to do it with like uh you know other types of pythons as well. I think I would do it with um i try it with all of them, you know, to see what the experience is like.
5: If there was any poking out it, What do you look for to make sure or- to give yourself the best chance for success if there's an egg poking out of the bottom of her coils is that a deal breaker or you you let it ride um, figure she's going to group them together or reposition
1: well the 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 first year that uh that it happened um I should have just went with my gut and my gut was is that the female didn't want that she she somehow they she sent Well, I think that she sensed that egg was no good, and she sort of pushed it out of her coils. Um, but it was sort of like when I saw it, it was sort of in. She was sort of coiled. That egg was uh, somewhat stuck to the other egg. So I don't know. I just kind of panicked. It was my first year breeding, breeding pythons, and I just went into a panic, and I pulled the clutch. Um, my thinking was if I just would have pulled that egg, she probably would have wrapped them fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know from, from what I've seen so far, um, you know, I I haven't seen, uh, I, I don't think I have any that don't do it that, that good. Uh, One of the things that I did is I never bought, uh, I try to steer away from JAG females because they do not make good maternally incubators. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't do it well. And they just don't. They're not good at it. Um, they lay on their sides. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they
1: them everywhere.
5: Um, how soon? How soon after laying did you candle that egg that was sticking out? Is it? Is it possible that it wasn't kicked out because it was bad, but it was bad because it was kicked out?
1: I candled it right after she laid.
5: Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: She laid, and I saw it, and then I I was texting Owen and Jason Balin and Luke Snell all in, like, you know, group message, what do I do, what do I do, freaking out. Uh, Oh, that was the the best. (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) Oh, right, yeah. And then it was like the,
2: just bring them here, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm pretty sure your tires didn't touch the ground um, from your place to mine because you were over, like, so damn quickly. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, you know, that's uh, the other thing, like, you know, what I did is is I was so worried now because it's freezing cold outside, you know, I think it was in, it wasn't in January or something like that, Um, it's freezing cold outside, I'm wondering how am I going to get these snakes, this clutch of eggs over to Owen's house, because the mistake that I made that first year is that I didn't have an incubator ready, and I just said, you know.
2: you know, I said,
1: Well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, I went on and on and uh man, that smacked me in the face. But uh Oh God, I love it, I love it. but it's um it's, it's, it's and and the the problem is that you show up
2: my at my house with with the Juby Mackloss Python and you're like for taking care of the eggs, here's this and I'm like, What the hell am I gonna do with that? And then of course that you know was that? Yeah. I mean, glitches over there, and that's what led to all the other liasses, which was very poor decisions. So, um, yeah. but it's it's like it's something you gotta prepare for, and it's something you gotta understand is that if you're gonna if you're gonna do maternal incubation, you know, make sure that you still prime the incubator and you're still prepped and ready because she could leave the eggs. She could decide that you know this one egg is bad, so they all must be bad. So, um, and I wouldn't even, if she coils around a bunch but she leaves a few over there, I'd still incubate the ones that she left out because, for all you know, she just couldn't fit them in
1: the coils. I mean, they could still be good eggs. So, don't oh, yeah, automatically count them as bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. possible. I'm, not, I, I'm just, you know, saying my observations. I don't know whether or not she knew that they were bad or not bad or she just couldn't get a good wrap on them or what, but. I don't know, Mm -hmm. like the more and more I thought about it, the more, you know, the fluctuation that these eggs go through is, uh, you know, it's not like a precise incubator that they're in in the wild. And to be honest, I wonder, I started to think about it, and are those fluctuations good? Meaning that is it doing something to the immune system of the snake while it's in the egg, and they're better able to withstand – you know, fluctuation in temperatures to where if you put them in an incubator and they're at a steady 88 degrees or 87 degrees and you know, they don't get those drops does it do something or not do something. I don't know. I can't wait to do it with diamond pythons. I think uh from what I under from what I've heard from people that breed them, they kind of build nests, um which is uh kind of cool. So I remember back in 2009 Josh Easter had a um he had a he had a camera in his incubation box of his diamond pythons and you could go on his website and just see you know the footage of it and what would ha- what would happen is she would leave the eggs you know for a little bit of time during the day and she would go and bask and come back and you know so those eggs aren't staying at a constant temperature and if you read the complete carpet python you know nick did a whole bunch of uh you know experiments where the fluctuation in the temperature you know he put data loggers in the in the clutch when he did internal incubation you can see the temperature spiking and dropping and you know
5: so if my know. snake left the eggs, I'd be freaking out. I wouldn't
3: leave <laughs> <know. I wasn't laughs> the room it every
5: second till he got back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Do you wait, guys well, have uh... what's that? Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say when 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 the sne- I don't know. You kind of know the difference between one that's leaving the eggs because they don't want to be on the eggs anymore, and you know, one that is just going to bask. You know, I had the one year, the first year when I was breeding, I had a Diamond Cross. Um, and what she would do is is that she would put her first third of her body outside of the, um, uh, of the egg box. And she would just bask. And then she would go back in um, and wrap the eggs again. I had my IJ girl. She kind of lifted up the clutch and would move it. Uh, which that was really neat, um, you know. She would just kind of beehive down around it, and then just kind of moved over till she, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool to see see that, you know. Uh, what were you gonna say?
5: Do either of you have <clears throat> backup generators in case your power goes out? It seems like a lot of there are a lot of power outages on the East Coast.
2: I would. Love one. I and it's on my list of things to add, but I have not gotten one. Um, I have had several instances where I've had eggs in the incubator and lost power at my old house. And what I actually have is a backup server battery, it's for like servers at a um, like I said, a a server bank or whatever, where if they lose power. It maintains the servers so that they do not lose their charge and don't, like, short out. Um, And all that it does is it's a giant battery pack that I plug my um, incubator into. So if it loses power, it automatically clicks on, and then the incubator goes. Everybody else, all my other guys, can just take care of themselves. But uh, it is something I've been meaning to get now that I am uh, further out. uh, The other thing is that my... Where I used to live, my best friend's dad was uh, chief of the fire, fire department, and they have emergency generators for use for the township and the public, and they always said if I needed one, they just wheel one over. So I have friends who have generators, so um, but I do not have one, and we'll be adding one at some
5: point. So I, have, I don't have one. I've done a little research. I'm, I'm going to get one someday. Um, what I found was you want... Basically, the only ones that will work with something like a Herbstat is a Honda mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the Hondas produce really clean electricity. Something about sine wave.
3: They're yeah. good
5: for running laptops too, but the power that other generators produce is dirty. So uh, I don't know what you use as a thermostat, but it seems like Hondas are the way to go, and they're pretty pricey.
1: Yeah, they are.
2: So.
5: Wow.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have one, but I tell you what. You know, probably the worst experience that I had when it came to that is is that I think it was last year, I was on a cruise, and where I was down in the Caribbean, it was beautiful. But on mm-hmm. the East Coast, they were getting hammered with that crazy storm that was supposed to come through, and it ended up hitting Boston oh, yeah. instead of us. Yeah. So they were saying that the power was going to go out. And, you know, so not only am I not – Near my collection, um, but now I have no way of knowing <laughs> whether or not the power went out or didn't go out. Um, mm-hmm. I have these little blurps of time to where I could text my dad and find out, you know, what was going on. But the uh, the time between knowing was crazy, <laughs> you know, knowing on whether your your stuff is shut down or or not. Um, Most unrelaxed vacation ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. So
5: yeah, I went on a trip a couple weeks ago, and I have uh, a webcam, a wireless mm. camera, and it pans uh-huh. around my room, so I use that. And then there's this other thing that someone posted on the MBF, and it's uh, made by a company called LaCrosse Alerts. So you put this little device in your room, and it transmits uh-huh. wirelessly the temperature, and the humidity in the room, and you can set thresholds. So if it goes below or above a certain temperature, that you'll you'll receive uh, text messages or emails.
3: No so okay. awesome. That
5: gives me peace of mind. Mm-hmm. That, that is, is awesome. I like that. I'll have to check that out. Seventy dollars for the device, and then um, I think fifteen dollars for a subscription for a year. Wow. Hmm.
1: That's not bad at all. For peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because when totally you go and you, you spend all these years growing these animals up and putting all this work into them and making sure that you're taking care of them right and, you know, paying for the caging and the heating and the, you know, the lighting and all this stuff that you do and you get to the, you know, don't do the stupid mistake that I did. And it's like you get to that end. I mean, you're right there, you know, and it's like you – you you, you go and buy a you know a $3000 snake but you won't make a $70 investment for you know <laughs> it just seems silly <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> you know one of the things yeah. i'm going to try this year is the uh i was talking to you about it owen was the uh, mm. the egg boxes from um mm-hmm. uh what
3: With are they sim called? containers
1: sim containers yeah um, I don't know. From what I, I heard, those guys talking on a on an episode of I know it's not around anymore, but Reptile Radio Australia, and I'm really surprised that mm-hmm. more chondro people don't don't use these. But um, the way they're designed is really. I mean, they put a lot of thought and effort into uh, in into that design, and uh, I don't know. Mike Curtin was telling us at Carpet Fest that uh, he used them this year, and his hat swings. Yeah were, you know, they just looked healthier, they had more weight on them, Um, you know, they absorbed all the yolk, um, and, you know, they just looked, overall, they looked much better um, than than anything that he's done in the past, so, I don't know, I mean, it's, you get, I think, I think they might be like six of them or something like that. It might be like 120 bucks, which seems like a lot for a plastic container. But I don't know. When you're mm-hmm. talking about clutches of eggs, that you know, that there's gonna you're gonna there's more money in that clutch of eggs than there is in the container. So why not make that investment? I don't know. Especially if you, I guess, if you're not having any issues, then it is what it is. But you know.
5: Well, that's what I use. I like them. Oh, do you? It's right. just easy to create a container that's on a grid that sits over water, but the part that's harder is the little dividers that lock in there that keep your uh-huh. eggs from rolling. So that's what I, you I really like eggs about some containers. Yeah.
1: You break apart like the that.
5: eggs and you lay them in yeah, there, there like se- that? Yeah, I separate them.
1: Okay. Interesting. Is there a reason why you do that,
5: or do you just... Um, that's what you're well, the rough-scaled eggs, I couldn't get apart. They were yeah. cemented together, but the chondro eggs weren't that hard to get apart, and the reason I separate them is in case one goes bad, I don't want it to screw up the other ones. Right? But I don't well, know, do you, you know, sometimes they write it out, but
1: right. What do you uh what did you notice a difference in the hatchlings or
5: um between the chondros and the rough scales?
1: No, so no, no. Need? I mean, have, have you have you always just used the Sims containers, or did you use something prior to? Uh,
5: when I had the rough scales, I used a ghetto version that I made. Oh, okay. It was, uh, <laughs> like a food store, a food storage container, and then I got some of that light grid. Yep. Propped it up a yeah. little bit, put put an inch of water under it, and that worked fine too. But I really like the things that keep the eggs from rolling. Yeah,
2: that is, I do like the that, especially containers. with monitor eggs, because those things are just round. I swear to God, they don't ever settle. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it's cool stuff. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to try them out this year and see how it goes. Um, I've heard great things about them, so why not? Uh, why not give it a shot? So
5: cool. I think the big uh, ones are harder to get a hold of, and you're going yeah. to want the big ones.
1: Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. Luckily, I have an inside source. <laughs>
5: ah,
2: the connections. I see. The connections.
1: Yeah. There you go. So, hopefully that connection cool. works out for me. Right, Mike? <laughs> so
2: You're not listening. Uh,
1: yeah, no. I know. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, we're almost out of time. Um, Sweet. That went quick. Uh yeah. so talking about Pythons. Uh, <laughs> Dave, why don't you throw out your uh your info there? Uh if people want to get in touch with you or your Facebook page or whatever, whatever you want to throw out, throw it out. You have got some hopeful clutches on the on the horizon that uh you know, people want to know what's going on with.
5: Yeah, if I get any, I'm going to hoard them for years so they they won't be available. <laughs> but I have some I have some that I'm, I'm hoarding right now from last year, and they'll, most of them will be for sale in the spring. My website is vibrantviridus.com, and uh, it can also be found posting on the MVS, M- MVF pretty frequently. So. Nice. Cool. That's about it. All
1: right. Well, thanks for coming and uh, hanging out with us and helping us pick uh, winners to the contest, and uh, I appreciate it.
5: Yeah, it's always a pleasure and congrats to the winners. A lot of really great photos.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the bright side is now that um now that you've fulfilled your obligation, you can enter in the two thousand seventeen calendar now. So try to try to get back here, uh or something like
5: that. So Yeah. yeah. Well good luck with your twenty seven clutches, Owen. I hope uh, all you. of them go and I hope you have a bunch of twins.
4: Why would you do that to me? <laughs> nice. Very good. All right,
5: Dave. All right. Thank you. guys take care. Talk to you later. Thanks,
1: See ya. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah. So for uh, for people that um, – uh, what we're going to hit on real quick here. Um, so yes. if we go into overtime, make sure you listen to the other – Because it's all important. <laughs> Other half of this. Um, it shouldn't be long. So, oh. yeah, me and Owen were hanging out this weekend and, uh, you know, doing some some discussing and, uh, you know, um, uh, about the, the podcast and, and where we want to go and what we want to do. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a recent... Um, you know me reading these (laughs) reptile books or what it is or just in general of uh you know like for instance when i went to owen's house he's got a big huge naturalistic uh tank in his living room with a trio of monitors in it (laughs) which is pretty badass um small lizards (laughs) you know so you know so we we were just talking about the you know the future of the show and such and um we only have 5 episodes left for the year um uh but i think that the thing that we thought about is we wanted to come back stronger uh than we have uh you know and and take the show to another level one of the things that uh we're always talking about is trying to get in, in front of new people uh you know uh, getting morelia just you know, because that's really where our our heart is for me and Owen, uh, obviously. Uh, but we do love other species. Uh, there are other mm-hmm. reptiles that we that we dig, and some of them we keep, some of them we don't. You know, but they're still fascinating and and still intrigue us uh, nonetheless. Um, but uh, I think that um, you know with coming back and trying to hit that broader audience, to get that broader audience, what we thought about is trying to step out of our box, so to speak, of just always focusing on Morelia. Obviously, our show is always going to be geared in that vein, you know, especially with, you know, me and Owen, our collections, our our focus is really really has, has always been, um, Morelia. But, um, I think me and Owen both have that bug, you know, uh, where we're getting into other things and, you know, different species and, um, sometimes even different, uh, you know, different types of reptiles. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I think that, um, you know, when we step outside of that, we've always we we've, we've kinda of done this in the past where we've kind of stepped outside of the the realm of Moralia. But well, we've already always sort of stayed um in the Python territory. Um and I think that after we were talking that we're gonna to try to expand that a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. I think that will help um expand the audience and I think that ultimately um will help expand, you know, the people that are know about carpet pythons um, or chondros you know I think that to just it's almost like I feel like we're preaching to the choir so to speak you know I mean the people that listen to the show obviously love Morelia and and they love uh, you know whether it's carpets or chondros and even some of the outside layers like scrubs and bowlings and stuff like that Uh, you know but I think to you know like one of the things that we were talking about is a venomous show I have no intentions mm-hmm. of ever having venomous reptiles. But I think it would neither be neither do I <laughs> I think it would be fascinating to uh hear about them. I think it would be fascinating mm-hmm. to hear about uh people that that people that uh you know, what are the safety protocols and just to put the information out there, maybe you do have a passion for venomous and you do want to work with it but you don't know how to find out that information. I think that stuff Where like it's that. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, you know, that would just I, I ultimately I think it just make for a fascinating show altogether. I mean sure. lizard lizards is another category that we uh we never we've scraped really I it mean, a little bit. Yeah.
2: We had that one on. show with Andrew but yeah. I haven't gone too deep in there, but yeah, so.
1: yeah, and uh, that you know people really responded to that, and just just even if we were to stay with Australian stuff, I mean there's so many different species of reptiles just within Australia and Indonesia, which is really really what our focus has always been is like reptiles in the Australian Indonesian area. We. You know, we've gone back and forth, and one of the things we're always saying about trying to expand the reach uh, of of our of the voice and the voice of the guest and stuff is we never wanted to go the ball python route. You know, not that there's nope. anything wrong with ball pythons, but there's plenty of podcasts that have people that talk about ball pythons, and I feel that <clears throat> that would just be be beating um, a
2: dead horse, beating, a long yeah, dead horse.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly and that's been done a
2: million times.
1: Yeah. And I think that uh I don't know what I see, you know, whether it's going to a reptile show, talking to people, being on Facebook, my observation is is that it seems more and more people are, you know, they have a species that they're focused on and then they have a couple other things that they work with that are just outside of that, you know, that box. So we want to try to get the information out to people of some of those, what I call Morelia, et cetera, stuff. Um, the outside species. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of where where our vision is for the next year and, I guess, you know, upcoming episodes and such. Um you know, I think uh, I think the field herping show, you know, even Owen was mm-hmm. talking about a field herping show that's just in the U.S. You know, somebody that field herps yeah. in the U.S., you know, I mean, it, it doesn't some necessarily... There's cool shit out there, <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and uh, a lot of it, you know, we take for granted, I guess. It's almost like, I guess, you know, we're always looking at uh, the world... Uh, that's a half, the, you know, all the way around the world, and dreaming of, of seeing these species, where they're probably doing the same thing for, you know, rattlesnakes and, uh, you know, stuff like that, or see a, an alligator or, you know, uh,
3: yeah,
1: hognose snake or, anything like that. But so that's that's kind of what we're going to be looking at and 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 focusing on, um, you know our focus will, like I said, will always be Moralia. Uh, that's, that's mine and Owen's focus. And it's good to have a focus. It's good to be focused on, on, uh, on a particular thing. But if we start talking about a show about monitors or if we're talking about, uh, venomous or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, field herping or, you know, maybe we throw in, uh, a show about conservations. Hell, I don't know. Do I, I? What we're saying is we're kind of open for anything as long as it kind of fits into... Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the idea
2: is that we are always going to come back to Morelia. We're always going to have the Morelia shows. This is Morelia Python Radio. But we do want to have other shows to expose you guys to other things. And it's not like we're just going to have shows that are meaningless. We do want to talk to certain breeders of certain things. The whole point of this is to get you guys... Uh, is basically kind of make it so that you're almost at a reptile show talking to a breeder, but you don't have to actually go to the reptile show and you can talk to breeders that you may not even ever have contact with. The whole point is to get you guys knowledge of a species that might be something you might want, Is to expand the audience's reptile knowledge as well as bring you into species that you may not have even given a second chance to at one point. So... Uh, we will have other rare species, some of the ones where people are just working with them. We might have certain breeders on who work with common species but have a certain way of working with them that could be used towards other pythons, like uh, cycle feeding this and stuff of like that. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. We have some pretty good ideas. Either way, you're going to be stuck with us for at least another four years, so get used to it.
1: God, God yeah. damn it. And I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with running out of topics or anything like that because, you know, no. there's it's it's always about, you know, uh there's always having something. Yeah, there's always something to talk about when it comes to keeping snakes, whatever it is that you focus on. I think our main goal is that we just want to you know, I found that when I learn about another species somehow it teaches me about the species that I keep. And I can always Mm. take some kind of information about that. But if we don't ever step outside of our box, outside of our comfort zone, so to speak, then we're never going to expand our knowledge. And that's the idea that we're trying to do. We're trying to expand the knowledge of people and trying to expose people that may not necessarily have been exposed to it. Because I think about it, you know, I'm looking through this, this monitor book or this gecko book that I that I got and uh you know, there's species in there that I never heard of. I, mm-hmm. you know, and it I guess in my mind I think that because I'm so in tune with carpet pythons, how could somebody not know what a carpet python is? But there are people out there that don't know what what a carpet python is.
2: So they haven't been in their little sphere of, you know, what they pay attention to, so Yeah.
1: So uh so yeah, that's that. Uh should be cool. Um so if you have anything in particular, I guess that uh maybe you know, with that being said that maybe you want to hear a show about um you know, uh, obviously, you know, we think about uh I'd like to have uh some blackhead shows and definitely some walma shows
3: and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I
1: know I know Owen is chomping at the bit to uh, talk about uh, white lip pythons. And I think probably Always. what we we'll end up doing with white lip pythons is what we're going to be doing with Bolins, uh at the end of the month, uh, which is pretty exciting. We're going to have a Boland's roundtable.
3: Uh,
1: <gasps> a roundtable? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this is probably mm-hmm. the who's who of the Boland's python world. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we have our good friend Casper. Uh he's gonna be nice. joining us. Uh and we have uh Mr. Chad Gray, um nice. who uh was also uh trying to uh breed Bolands. Um we have uh Ari. Uh obviously he has a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to uh the Boland's Pythons, uh since he's been over there and seen them in the wild. And then we have Frederick. Uh, who's bred them successfully three times.
3: Um, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: that's, that's pretty much everybody. So yeah. that's awesome.
1: So that's going to be a cool show for you guys to check out um, before we head out to our break. Um, I know next next week we have uh, Zach Baez. He's going to be joining He's going to be just joining me because Owen is going to be (laughs) MIA. Um, I am. And it's not because we're talking blue-tongued skinks.
2: It's not just because of that. It may have a little bit of an option, but it's not just because of that. Um, My my little sister is going to be in town, and I fear her more than all of you. So if I don't make a family dinner, I will be crucified. So, um, yeah, sorry, guys so yeah. Yeah. uh <laughs> i will i will I will bow out, and you guys can have your skink talk, and I will be back uh episode after so yeah so uh, no one uh yeah
1: Zach came on a long time ago, uh, and he came on to talk blue tongue skinks, and we ended up talking about everything but blue tongue skinks but <laughs> <laughs> i think I think we may have hit on blue tongue skinks at the very.
2: Like five and, I I think he holds us. I think he holds that against us. Like you know yeah. that we we got them all jazzed up and then we like barely talked about them. So and they seem to be something that's picking up in popularity. Um, for that um, that the, the, they kind of seem to be, according to a lot of people, the next big thing. So uh, it'd be cool to have a skink show and uh, uh,
3: all that. I stuff. know
1: that. I know that uh, Zach has been trying to uh, get me to get into skinks. Probably since I met. Forever. The kid. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Forever. And uh, so. I know he is super passionate about blue tongue skinks. Um, he is. And he has a wealth of knowledge about them. Um, he's never bred them, uh, but he's going to be breeding them this year, and I have a hundred percent faith that. Uh, as long as he has a male and a female, that he will be able to reproduce uh, them yeah. successfully. So, we're going to talk about some of the natural history. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, you know the different species and subspecies and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions about feeding them, uh, UV lights, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, it should be uh, should be an awesome show. And this is sort of a I guess a little taste of uh you know uh what you will may see going forward in uh morelia Python radio um like i said it's it's something outside of the box that we do, but at the same time, I mean they're from Australia uh and Indonesia. <laughs> uh so they sort of fit into that box, and if you look at them uh which I've been sort of trying to read up on them for the show um. Mm you find them where you find carpet pythons and they're very similar to the carpet python um you know uh for instance the blotched blue tongue skink i believe is from the same territory as the diamond python and if you look at a blotched blue tongue skink it looks a lot like a diamond python uh very dark uh, to absorb heat Uh, you know stuff like that so you look at a northern they look similar to a to a uh a darwin um uh, bars. um guess what they're Mm. patternless and exantic you know so
2: (laughs) it it almost seems like these things are all from the same places uh it's it's kind of cool and also it's like uh, it's looking at the other side of Morelia, where this is probably a food source for a lot of the animals that
3: we keep <laughs> and
2: breed. So it's like it's getting to know your animals through food. So yeah. you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all the blue tongue skink people are going, no, we I'm will not so be talking about. about we will not be talking about how to make a top hat for your blue tongue skink. <laughs> we want. That's
2: why I don't want to be part of the show. I
1: mean no. no. I, I want I
2: want him wearing a mini tuxedo with top hat. Why is that so horrible? Yes, no
1: that is not going to happen. Um, Dragon wings so. and bikes,
2: adorable. <laughs>
1: uh, so uh it should be cool. Uh definitely a cool episode. Uh don't don't miss. And then uh like I said after that we have the Boland show, Round Table. And then after that, um Another one of Owen's favorites, uh Carpondros. No, oh,
4: what the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why is that a thing? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a couple different people. Our good friend uh Bill is gonna come on, um and we're gonna talk about, you know, uh the pros and cons and some of the uh breedings and such uh of uh of these they are cool-looking. You have to admit, they are cool-looking. Now no, I refuse. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that should be cool. And then uh, I think there's another show, and then we will have our holiday show, and then we're out. So, so cool stuff. Um, so, uh, first, uh, let's say thanks uh, to Dave for coming on and being a a guest judge and helping us out. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we look forward to seeing his contributions to the 2017 NPR calendar. Um, thank you everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you everybody for contributing, uh, and taking the time to, uh, you know, post your pickup. Um, and last but not least, uh, congrats to the winners.
2: Yeah. And uh, if you did not get selected this year, don't feel bad about it. We're going to do it again next year. So start taking pictures. Start pulling out your good stuff and get ready for next year. So, yeah. you know, definitely, you know, it's not like we don't, there's no limitation. You don't have to take the picture this week. Um, and also, if you've submitted an animal, you know, it uh, before, it doesn't mean you can't submit it again. So, by all means, if you didn't get in it, don't feel bad. Just get to it. Start taking more pictures and Take your chances next year. Right.
1: Yes. Um, And uh, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, this Sunday, which I believe is November 12th. Let me just make sure I have the date right. No. no. November 15th. Yes. Yes. November 15th. Um, I will be co-hosting uh with Bill uh on GTP Keeper Radio. See, I got that down now. I can say it. I can say you it cuz otherwise they'll let you on. <laughs> yeah. So. Um we they have are. they have Brad Waffa uh and mm. uh he going to be uh the show's broken up into two parts. The first part's going to be talking about Brad and his uh collection and projects and then the other half uh, it's going to be talking about uh, keeping from the vet perspective, since he is a vet. So, cool. Um,
2: so, so if I call weeping, if I call weeping because you left me and you know went to another show, <laughs> will that just be kind of? Will that be awkward uh, and kind of shuffled over there? You know.
1: It might. It might be, and we yeah. should not do that. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. When when Bill goes on vacation, then you get to fill in.
2: <laughs> so. uh, I don't think Buddy can handle me
1: as a co-host, so you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, only I can do that. That's <laughs> really yeah. it's really all we're getting down to. So
2: yeah.
1: Okay. But, so uh, yeah, I was I was I was crazy to hear your story about your. Uh, your Macklots python that kind of she was
2: it it it's i don't know what's up with the two of them i don't know if it's not cold enough yet but or if they're not in that mood right now but it's happened it happened last year as well where it's just like it, it, they they just kind of aren't really into it right now so what they see right there in front of us is a food source so which of course makes me even more terrified about the olives so <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, no, I don't, good. don't
1: want to do that. Uh, okay. Very good. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's let's wrap this up and get out of here. So yeah. for us, Morelia Python Radio, check out our website, moreliapythonradio.com. Uh, for more info on the podcast or if you're just looking for uh, information on Morelia in general, think of it as the hub to your world of Morelia. You can listen to or download the show on iTunes. Just search for Morelia Pythons Radio. Our blog talk page is blogtalkradio.com slash Morelia Python Radio. You can also listen on the website. Uh, It's on the homepage right there. You can check it out. Uh, Check out our Facebook page, Morelia Pythons Radio. Be sure to give us a like while you're there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Morelia Pythons. If you have any questions, comments, shoot us an email at info at Radio dot com. You can also check out our Facebook group page, which is Morelia Pick of the Week. Um, and uh, I would say that uh, another cool page to check out is Morelia et cetera. And that, like we said, that's kind of like uh, where Morelia keep her show off some of the uh other cool reptile projects uh, that they're keeping or breeding. Uh so it's definitely cool to see uh some of the other things that uh Morelia keepers are interested in. Uh if you're looking to buy or purchase uh a type any type of Morelia, you can go over to the breeder direct Morelia Python classified group page uh and basically Uh, We've said a million times on the show uh, the advantage of buying directly from the breeder. Uh, You can check out the parents, possibly even trace back the lineage. This is especially important Mm -hmm. if you're looking for pure stock. Um, If you have a problem, the breeder will be able to answer your question like, Uh, If your snake won't eat, they'll tell you what the snake uh, had as their last meal and uh, did they feed it at night, did they feed it during the day. I mean, all these things sometimes come into play on uh, being successful. Uh, Yeah, and And being able to contact a breeder, priceless. So Mm -hmm.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, if you're not a member of that uh, group, you should go over and check it out for sure. Um, As far as... uh, uh i have to give a shout out to uh our good friend Troy and uh from K Brothers Pythons uh his YouTube uh channel that he has is K Brothers Pythons uh if you're into Australian herps it's a cool cool uh little YouTube show that he does uh, and the past two episodes have been going to see uh, our past guest, uh, Wayne Larks, uh, from Australia nice. magic and checking out his, uh, you know, his collection. Uh, the episode that aired just before we came on the show, uh, he was showing his moon glows.
3: <clears throat> which was,
1: yeah. So, uh, <laughs> if you're into carpet python morphs, you should definitely go and check out that. Um, his brother, uh, does a lot with uh, black-headed pythons, so mm-hmm. uh, they just have some cool stuff, and they go around uh, to the different breeders in Australia and check out their collections, and uh, it's just it's really cool little uh, YouTube show that they do. Uh, definitely worth checking out.
3: That's
1: awesome. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Um, and as far as myself, uh, you can check me out, EBMorelia, uh, ebmorelia.com. If you have any questions for me, uh, you can send them to eric at ebmorelia.com, and I will be sure to uh, to get back to you. Um, that's all I got. Cool. Uh,
2: what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com and find out all the latest happenings that are going on at Rogue. All the babies that we currently have for sale are listed there, as well as the Facebook page. Uh, we haven't taken up-to-date photos. we will probably going to be replacing them in a week or two when things kind of settle down here a little bit. Um, as far as shows, I have one December 5th up in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, and if you are on the fence about a baby, get to us and get it going now because we will be shutting down shipping uh, very shortly. If the weather keeps dropping the way it goes, it's going overnight. So don't hesitate. Also, if you want to know what breeding schemes we got going on this year, if you want to put on any of our lists, uh, some of the things that we're doing is we're definitely doing Caramel Head Xanik, and we're definitely doing uh, Tiger Head Xanik, as well as Scrub Pythons, maclots Pythons, Olive Pythons, blah, 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 I'll have a full list on the on the Rogue Reptiles' Facebook page probably in the next few days. Um, if you want to get on any of the lists for any of those animals, contact us. We'll toss in the list. When babies become available, you will be notified on a first-come, 1st serve basis. So, that's what we got, and that's what I got. So, that's what we're doing. So, thank you all for coming and listening, and we will see everybody uh, back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.
0: Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pearl I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner, Robin and Markland and I created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination, full of features that help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex. Weights, morph, or other keywords, and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your marketplace account to your ship your reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies, and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the reptile report and our powerful marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animal successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptile successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace. Find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything, i